This week's show, we're speaking to one of the presenters at the National Association for on a Mental Illness Conference, which took place in Nashville, Tennessee. Our special guest is former Tennessee Titan Gerald McGrath. He's a former linebacker for the Titans. He now coaches and mentors youth. He was diagnosed with depression after his NFL career and now shares his personal experience with mental health struggles and provides hope to others. So welcome to the show, Mr. McGrath. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Uh, yes, um, experience as far as uh, mental health is concerned. Um, yeah, so after my after I finished playing, uh, I had a knee injury, and so um, it kind of put me on IR, which that means you're, you're on injury reserve. So I was unable to play for last year of my career. Uh, my knee injury kind of, it was a eight months uh, of recovery process. And in that time, I started to deal with a lot of physical changes as well as mental changes. Uh, you know, my sleep, my sleep started to fall off to where I, was, I wasn't going to sleep until like about 3.30 of the night. You know, I'm starting to isolate myself, things that I would have an interest in start to lose interest or pleasure, you know, doing certain things. Kind of kind of isolated myself from friends and family. And that was just the beginning of it, the start of over a course of I guess two years after after I finished playing, my wife um, was starting to notice like a, a drastic change in my in just my everyday life as far as the moves, the way that I talked to her, the, you know, the things that I was doing. And uh, we we went and got we went and saw some uh, counseling. The first thing, the first thing uh, they told me after doing some tests, the lady said you're suffering from depression. Now, at that time, at that time, I had no idea what depression really was, what anxiety was, or any of that. So the, the first thing that I immediately did was kind of brush it off to the left, and and kind of you know just kind of denied it. And, and that was from my own ignorance, me being naive and not knowing what, you know, a mental illness, uh, what, what that really is. You know, the first, the first thing that I could, that came to my mind was, and I remember it like it was just that I told my wife, you know, like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, that, that's the stigma that I thought that, that I had. So, I mean, it took, it took two, so the first, the first two years, um, I'm still struggling, and then it took for it took for some drastic changes in my life to start to have warrant um, trying to seek help or trying to really, really learn more about what I was struggling. I went back to school. I went back to school and started working back on my master's degree, and uh, I ended up having to drop out of my classes. Uh, the stress level and the anxiety that I that I started to face on the physical. On a physical note, um, I would be sitting at the desk, or I'd be sitting at home on the bed trying to, to write a paper, and I I would just lock up. I couldn't move. My heart would be racing fast, and I just was in a state of shock, state of panic, for no reason. At that point, I thought it was something more physical, so I, I would go to the hospital. I, mean, I, I can remember on four or five different occasions where I have to go at night that I'm going to the hospital because I'm feeling like something's wrong with my heart. Um, I don't know if I was having a heart attack, stroke, whatever. And so, you know, every time I would go, the doctors would tell me, fine, 
you look healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. Inside, I know that there was physical changes that I that I could feel. So that made that made me more more nervous, because I'm like I know something's wrong, but I, I you know I'm not getting the answers. So there's no hope. You know the things are get better. So I and then throughout the period, I started self medicating, which I learned started self medicating my symptoms with alcohol, using alcohol at night times to help me to sleep. Um, to kind of numb some of the anxiety that I was having um, throughout the night. So with anything, too much of something is never good. So I ended up, with, you know, ended up abusing alcohol and it ended up more the longer and longer that I would go without the help. It would take more and more to provide that sensation that I need to where I'm not feeling that anxiety and I'm able to lay down and not feel stressed and not worry about whatever may be at the time. Um, so this really played out because I ended up getting a grad. I ended up leave, dropping out of uh, dropping out of school for that semester, but ended up still getting a graduate graduate assistance job in Western North Carolina to where while I was there, one night I got a DWI from from me sleeping in the car. Uh, not going anywhere, not doing anything, but you know, pulled over on the side of the road, trying to escape that feeling of the, the panic attacks, anxiety attacks. And uh, I just I woke up like I fell asleep in the car. I woke up three hours later to a police officer knocking at my window, asking where I've been, where I was going. And that that right there was the turning point in my life because throughout the whole throughout throughout a four three and a half, four year process of the first the first few symptoms that I could recall. Throughout that time I spent I spent three and a half years of trying to mask it, trying to hide what I was dealing with inside and not not coming forth and not trying to seek help but being in the state of denial to the point to where it, a DWI where now you Google my name, that's what pops up to where you can't hide it. And I was, I was, I was put in a position to where everything that I wanted to hide or everything that I was trying to pass my imperfect, imperfectness or whatever, like it's, it's out there. And so I tell people all the time, like that's probably, that probably was the greatest moment of my life or is it, or it was the game changer. It was one of the greatest game changers in my life um, to date. You know, I feel like that was God's way of giving me a second chance. God's way of letting me, letting me, like freeing me from that, from from that, uh, from that burden of of carrying. You know, what are what are people going to think about me if I come out and say, you know, I'm struggling with depression or I have anxiety attacks or panic attacks? At that time that I was dealing with things, I had contemplated suicide. Uh, just because of, there was no hope, I didn't. I didn't feel hope. You know, I, there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Going through it, I felt like you know, I'm the only one. I felt like I was alone. I felt like nobody understood what I was going through. I I was freaking out because I played football my whole life. Played on, you know, played in. I've played in big games over and over. I've, I've been under a lot of stress. That was one of you know trying to think about it in my head and trying to put things together, um, it was like, you know, I, I've, I've been in tough, tough situations in my life. I've, I've battled through adversity. You know, I've 
I, I made it to the NFL. That's a low. That's a low number of percentage uh, of people who ever get that opportunity. And so, for me to be able to, for me to sit down at a table and not be able to write write a two page paper, uh, or for me not to even be able to get up and, and return a phone call or pay a bill or just go out in public or some days, you know, not wanting to put on clothes or brush my teeth, you know, take a shower for me to to struggle and doing those everyday things is, you know, I mean, I was I was in a state of panic, and so um, after after the DWI happened, um, it it really I mean it, it put me in a position to where where there were people there were starting to be people placed in my life that could start helping me out that people people who dealt with uh with mental health or in that uh in that profession they started to help me out they started to point me in the, the right directions and getting the help and getting the treatment that I possibly needed um at that time i was so i was i i was so 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 in a bad place that i mean i i had to get on medication immediately to try to calm the symptoms down i had no idea that you know that there was Medicines that could have helped my depression, um, that could have helped the anxiety. Then you know, then I'm finding out at the time that you know I do have, I have AD, had ADHD, still do, and so that that was kind of that was contributing to the depression and kind of making making the anxiety a little magnified than, than normal. I'm starting to get all these different all these different um, answers that I had been searching for at, at night by myself, you know, I was just starting to get the information, finding out that there's so much information out there um, that it, it left it left me in a position to sit there, and now now I'm mad at myself. Mad at myself for one is because I, I, I allowed myself to suffer for three and a half years when, you know, the if I would have just, if I would have just reached out or if I would have just spoken, you know, spoken up a little sooner, some of the things that, um, I dealt with, you know, it, it, it wouldn't have been as severe as they were, um, you know, cause not only does the person dealing with mental health, not only do they struggle, but their loved ones struggle as well. I got to tell you, I can tell you for sure my wife and my daughter, they struggle just as much as I have. Uh, just, just from seeing the changes. I mean, my wife can, uh, she can testify to seeing me one way, and then slowly, slowly seeing me uh, get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, she, and her not knowing how to help me, you know, it, I mean, it places it places a places a burden on the whole family. And so, after finding out the information. I went to. I've been to a few inpatient facilities. The first, I went to an inpatient facility, Eisenhower Center, out in Manchester, Michigan, uh, through the help of the NFLPA. It, through the help of the trust piled by the NFLPA, and that that right there was the first time that I actually got a chance to identify what I was dealing with as far as the mental health, mental wellness, mental illness, whatever first time that I'm seeing the symptoms and, and what I'm dealing with, you know, I was dealing with depression. I'm dealing with, um, a panic, uh, anxiety disorder, a panic attacks, uh, insomnia, 
not being able to sleep because my sleep still wasn't regu- regu- uh, regulated. Um, I was, I had lost the appetite. I had lost, I lost 25 pounds, 25 pounds within three, like within a two month, two, three month period that I didn't have to lose to begin with. And I'm dealing with that. Um, the ADHD, I'm, de- I'm dealing with that. My the suicide ideations and, and compulsiveness. Like I started, you know, not sleeping. I started days. I couldn't tell you if I was asleep or I couldn't tell you I was awake. Things started to feel so, so, so for real um, at nighttime. I mean, I tell you, I, I mean, it was the worst of the worst. It was some days that you feel like it can't get no worse than this, and then something will happen the next day, and you're like, oh my god, it gets worse. But like I said, as soon as as soon as the information, as soon as I got the DWI and I went to an inpatient, started to sit down and started to get the information and things get laid out, I was able, like, immediately to start getting the plan set. Um, and starting to and started to build a support group because it's one thing you got to have you got to have a support group. The mental Ill, I mean, it, the mental illness is just like any other injury. You know, if you hurt your ankle, like you can't go see a, a a wrist doctor for your ankle. You know, you can't go see a back doctor for you know for your leg. You know, you have to you have to see the right people. You got to get the right team in place. You got to have a support group. And that's one of the things in society. It's one of those things that we really don't talk about right now. That um, it's one of those things where you, you sweep it on the rug. You know, we look at it as a weakness. And just like with anything in life, you know, for me, the success I've had in my life is from is from failures and learning from my failures and and uh, getting back up and moving forward. And this mental illness uh, was one of those things where I saw it as a weakness. And I never, I never, I never, I never got back up. For, and for one, I, I didn't know how to get back up. I didn't know. I didn't know where to look. You know, I'm, I'm an African American male, and I, I mean, I can tell you one thing: is is some of the stuff is culture related. Um, I know. I know males. We tend to not not speak up um, on our feelings. I know that it was shown in my household. I mean, my mom, my dad, they both worked. You know, I never saw my dad cry. You know, I, I never saw him. You know, how he dealt with certain type of emotions. And you know, playing football, you know, it's not, it's not really, it's not you really don't teach showing, showing weakness. I know that's one thing. It's like you don't let them see you down. And so that, that, just that mindset in life and growing up as a kid, I mean, that carries over to your adult, your adult life. But dealing with a mental illness, that's not the way that you have to take it. You have to almost take it um, the total opposite. You have to be. You have to really be transparent and vulnerable into getting that help. And then once you once you get the help, and once you get that support that support group going, I mean, you, you can you can get that support. One thing right now that is so different for me as I recover now, because I'm still in the recovery process, is I can I'm aware of I'm aware of the symptoms. I'm aware of what's going on uh, with my body. Like, I can kind of tell when, when I'm starting to get like, a dep- depressed uh, episode or I'm starting to feel anxious or I'm starting to feel that anxiety. Feel that. 
And there are different tools and different things that I've learned now to kind of cope and deal with. But the, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I can tell anybody is, is to don't, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and to don't be afraid to reach out for that help. Because like I said, some of the great, the, the, the main reason why I had the success in my life to make it to the NFL, uh, to, to make it to that level is because when, every time that I would fall or every time that I would, I would come short, you know, I continue to seek to to learn more from that, that situation, to learn more from that experience that ultimately it made me a better person, made me a stronger person, uh, made me more aware so that when it happened again, I would be more prepared for it. And with a mental illness, it's the same way. You know, just because you go through, just because you get diagnosed with something, does not that doesn't mean that it's, that you're not still that you still can't have a uh, great quality of life because to be honest with you, like I'm 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 in a process of of starting to have a greater quality of life than what I could have ever imagined just because I know what I deal with on the day to day basis. So I know I know what obstacles lie in front of me and lie ahead of me. But there's so much information out there that that doesn't have to dictate my life. It doesn't have to um, I don't. I don't have to submit to my depression, or my anxiety, or my thoughts. You know, I can. I can have a. I can have a great life. You know, I'm on medication now. I just. I actually just started some new medication, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this works with with my body. Um, we're trying some more different med, uh, meds to see. You know, how how can I get a better quality of sleep at night? You know, not one thing is perfect. Certain things work different with other people. And I mean, it's, it's almost a trial and error. But the fact that, you know, the fact that there's something out there, uh, that's hope. That's hope. Like I said before, before before I ever reached out or before I ever got the DWI, I had, I, I had no hope. A lot of my suicide ideations or the thoughts of suicide came from the lack of hope, the feeling that I'm going to feel this way every single day for the rest of my life and it won't get better. And if it's going to get better, I, I, I don't know how it's, I don't see it getting better. You know, I'm the only one that's going through this. Uh, you know, it's not going to work out for me. All those, all those negative thoughts, you know, that I have, but, I mean, but as I, as I continue to move forward and recover, I've met so many people with the same story as mine. And I see, I've, I've seen people go through even worse, worse situations than I have. And I see them living great, like great lives, great lives. They actually, uh, for the most part, many of them that finally realize what they're dealing with and they tackle it head on and they start getting help. They're living greater lives than what they could ever imagine before they figured it out. So. This is something that in society, in America, I think it's something that needs to be more talked about, needs to be more aware. Because now, now today, uh, today's ages, the youths are, are starting to take their lives a lot more. So what made you decide to bring awareness to others about mental health recovery? Uh, just because, like I said before, just after dealing with it for three and a half years, finally, finally get patients. I didn't have to. I mean, it's, it's, I almost have a responsibility to 
not allow somebody else to suffer the same way to help to help the next man Certain people, certain people were just placed in my life by God that just they they just help, you know, whether it be just a conversation or whether or whether it was them sharing their story and what they dealt with life and how they overcame. People, different people were placed in my life to give me hope, and so you know, if, if there's anything that I can do, sharing my story, and does it cost me anything to share my story? And ultimately, hopefully, it will help somebody else, uh, or or it will help somebody that knows somebody that is different. Because you know, like I said, my wife, my wife saw it from day one. She saw the change in me, so I saw it. Uh, it just took me. It took me longer. It took me longer to accept it, accept it, and, and then start moving forward to to getting better. How do organizations like NAMI help people in your situation? I take I, I would I, I put it in a perspective like this, you know, you you play used to play uh hide and go seek. Yeah, hide and go seek and everybody leaves everybody leaves and you start counting. And in that time, you know, you're just hiding and you're by yourself. You know, you're by yourself and ultimately you wanna get back to home to home base. Just like in life. You know, in life we start out, you know, you start out in the family, your mother and your father, and you're at home. Then you, then you leave, and you go, you go out into the world. You're alone. And a place like Nami, Nami is, is to me, is, is a home base. It's a base. And then when I say a base, I say it's a base for mental health, uh, mental illnesses. For those, once you're out there on your own and you're starting to deal with certain things that, you, that you're not able to get at, when you were growing up, it's it, it's a, it's a base that you can go to. It's a safe spot. Um, everybody there has dealt with it, or has known somebody that that has gone through some type of illness. You can allow yourself to be vulnerable or transparent. The information is there. Like I said, like the the biggest thing. The biggest thing is I was going to different doctors. I went to three or four doctors. I got actually got pulled. Um, the ambulance had to come pick me up. I was down the street from my house, and I was driving. I had a panic attack, and I couldn't even drive home. But I, I did not know what I was dealing with. I didn't know, like, when I started to feel certain things, what to do. The information. Once I got the information, I could see what I was fighting. You know, I, I had been fighting the fight. You know, I was getting up every day. I was putting on a mask for three and a half years. But I wasn't getting any better. I mean, I was just, I was just still, I was just fighting the fight, a battle. I didn't know who I was punching at. Someone was hitting me, but I couldn't see what I could, I, didn't, I couldn't see it to hit it back. As soon as the information and the education was given to me, I could, I could see what I was fighting. Nami, it, it, it serves as a place to go to to get that information for regardless of if you're going through it, regardless if you know somebody that's going through it, 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 allow, it allows you to come together and have that support support that you need so you can start building your support staff. Wherever you are, you know, I'm in Nashville. You know, you can go to Nominee. You, you know somebody that's in Cincinnati. You can point them in direction to something that's close to them. So, I mean, it's, 
it's one of those things. Like I, the best way I can put it is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a home base that is that you go to, and when you go there, you're safe. You mentioned um, using medicine to help you with your anxiety. Uh, have you tried to use natural means of dealing with your depression or talk therapy or counseling to assist as well? There, I've, I've used more so uh, the therapy, the counseling, uh, more so psychologists. I mean, I've I've went through probably six, six or seven. Um, I, right now, I have one that one that I've had a relationship with for a long period of time that that's really, really, really helped me out a whole lot. Um, like I said, one of the biggest things was talking and, and talking for me. Um, just knowing that I'm not alone, knowing that somebody knows what I'm going through, somebody can talk to me because, you know, with the depression, one of the things you want to do is you, you want to isolate yourself. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of days, I, you know, I just wouldn't want to talk to anybody. You know, I didn't talk to my, my parents. I didn't talk to my friends. Uh, none of my family, you know, not talking right there. That that kind of cuts out of building that support staff, that support group for yourself because, you know, no nobody knows what, what you're dealing with. You know, it was a few people once, once I came out of inpatience that I called and, and really, really told them what, what had been going on. And every single one of them told me, man, if you would have just told me, I would have did whatever I could to help you. And so, you know, that, that right there, you know, that was me allowing that depression to defeat me, so to speak. But um, as far as natural natural means, I mean, the only thing natural that I tried was melatonin when that was, you know, for sleep, you know, early on. But other than that, the, the biggest thing that, I, that I've used and that's helped me out is the counseling. Thank you for sharing that, Um what would you say is the greatest obstacle for people with mental health diagnoses? You mentioned contemplating suicide. Was one of the challenges not being aware of other people having similar struggles? Yes. Uh, yes. The number one thing, like I said, is hope. I was hopeless. And and you feeling like, you know, like you, you, feel, you feel alone. I mean, you feel alone and you feel you don't see hope. I mean, you don't see any, you don't see uh, any light at the end of the tunnel. Feeling like everything would be better for for me. For me, I I had went out, I had went went without sleep for so long that I was just tired. I mean, I I was I mean, literally, I was tired. I literally, I felt like I was like I felt like physically that I was dying. My chest was hurting. It was hard for me to breathe at night. Like um, I can't go to sleep. And like I just like it was just crazy. Like it, it was not the right. It wasn't the right way to live. Like it's, it's feeling that way and knowing that I felt better before and not knowing how I got to where I was at. Like I'm, I was at, I was at a low of a low, and I didn't even know how I got there. So to me, it was terrifying because it's like I got here. I don't know how I got to this point. So I don't even know how I'm going to get better because I don't even know what to change, you know, what, what has changed for me to even to get this low. So, and so when dealing with that, um, you don't, you know, not knowing if anybody else dealt with it. I mean, definitely, I mean, that definitely, 
intensifies or magnifies that feeling of, oh, my goodness. So there is a program with the NFL to help ex-players with your in your circumstances. Can you tell us a little bit about how they've become more aware and more supportive of all kinds of injuries and traumas experienced by their the members of their organization? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, with the last CBA um, that was reached, the NFLPA, the uh, NFL Player Association, they created what is called the Trust. And the Trust basically provides different programs for former players to help them in the transition, uh, transitions from their NFL careers into their afterlife careers. Right? And they offer different programs such as uh, coaching opportunities, um, different internships, business business internships. Uh, they offer uh, scholarship scholarship programs for those who want to continue their education. Um, they offer they offer some different clinics um, or programs as far as getting um, your brain and body composition uh, to where they put you up with the life coach. They they send you off to uh, I did mine at the University of North Carolina. To where I got uh, brain scans, CT CT scans, um, sat with a neurologist, with a with a physician, um, sat with the psychologist to talk about uh, some mental issues and to you know see if that I was struggling with depression or anything like that. So they kind of they kind of get you going on the right step. And so I mean it has been. With the information, like I said, with the information, I mean, they partner. I know for sure that, that you know, they've worked closely with Nominee, worked closely with Mental Health America um, into making sure that they have the updated information so that they can help the former players out that uh, go through the same things that I'm going through. So, they, so, in a sense, they almost serve as a personal home base for the former players and they and dealing with different aspects of that career transition. That's wonderful. Um, do you attend um, support groups at this time where you meet other people who have similar experiences or is it mostly one-on-one -on -one with a psychologist? Um, it's a little bit of both. Talking to, I, I talked to some former, former teammates of mine, um, one of the young The young man that uh, presented at the conference with me was was David Ball, who played uh, defensive lineman when I played at Tennessee Titans. Me and him keep a keep a real close uh, relationship to where um, David's really helped me out in a lot of days, and as far as talking and being able to share with some of the things, um, some of the issues that I deal with on a day to day basis, and you know he just reassures me. He reassures me on a day-to-day -day basis that I'm not in it by myself, that, you know, every day, some days are better than others, but that I always have somebody to lean on, somebody to talk to, and, and just, you know, he always reminds me that, you know, to see where I was and to where I've came, you know, and knowing that things things can definitely get better. And so, like, I mean, he, he's been, I mean, he's been a great, great support group, um, for me as well as as well as uh, me seeing my therapist and just making and, and having healthy relationships with other people that uh that mean a lot to me in my life 
is there a support group also for family members of people experiencing these struggles and what is available for them to um, help with their, you know, in, in taking care of your loved ones in the, in the medical way, there's a thing called, um, what is it like caregivers fatigue? Is there such a thing also for, for family members who are supporting people with mental health concerns that they just get so worn out that they need to be um, supported? Is there such a thing as retreats or conferences where they can get uh, the type of uh, nurturing that they need to, to keep going? Yes, definitely. And I think the biggest for me personally, I don't, I don't know a specific one, but I know that uh, when you, when you visit places like NOMNI and their website and their organization or the Mental Health America, normally that there, there's always something for those who are, who know somebody that's dealing with a mental health or mental illness. Because one of the other things as far as awareness is for those, those who are, who are seeing changes in other people, how to identify it to help them to get the help. Because for me, I know the biggest thing was my wife. My wife saw it, but she not she didn't necessarily know how to help, so to speak. But she saw it before I saw it. So that that is that is just as important as saying, you know, if you're dealing with something, you know, seek the help. But if somebody sees somebody struggling, um, how how do you reach out? to help them or how, how can you reach out to let them know that you're there for them whenever they're, when they're, whenever they're ready to seek. And so I, I, for me, my biggest thing or the first thing that I would say for those who may know somebody's dealing with it is to visit, is to, to get more information, to visit um, the nominee website and Mental Health America website to learn more about what they may deal with on a day-to-day basis. So that that way you can show more empathy and compassion to those. Because I know a lot a lot of things a lot of things that I struggle with. I know my wife really didn't understand. Like, well, you know, sometimes you be like, well, why are you doing this? Or you know, why don't you want to go out? You know, we don't go out anymore. Or you know, whatever it may be. But in dealing with the depression, there it it, it changed a lot of my everyday activity. So the the biggest thing is for those is to 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 educate themselves to to be, so so they can they can better help other people and I think the NAMI NAMI website is the the best way. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there should be a hotline. There should be a number call, and and they can point you into the right direction to hopefully find uh, different organizations, different groups, different uh, conferences in areas that's uh, local to to you. You mentioned feeling that God put people in your path to help you. What's the role of spirituality and the religious communities of people dealing with this uh, to help them get better and, and receive the type of support they need? Honestly, I, I don't know if I can answer that because everybody everybody's different in their spirituality. And I'll, the only thing that I can speak on, I can only, I can only speak for myself when it comes to spirit. The spirituality is concerned, uh, but for me, like I know, you know, I, I, I mean, I just, I know for a fact that the way that certain things happen in my life, that I mean, that I, I mean, I truly feel that God has given me a second chance. And some of the places that I've dark places that I've seen here recently, and the way that things kind of change for me in the sense of overnight and the help that I've got, 
the help that I received and from the growth that I've made, like I, I, I truly know that, I mean, it has to be worth it. Um, I think for those who have a, some type of spiritual relationship, I do feel like that goes hand in hand in recovery for me. For me, like I said, it, it took, it, it took a, it, it took a night and it took a night and the DWI. And I, when I tell you the way that it happened, like it, it was also real. You know, I was out the blue that I randomly just get arrested. Like I feel like that was worse for him. You know, for me that has been that has played a, a strong part in my recovery and just having some and just having having having, you know, just knowing that I'm not I'm not in it by myself. That somebody of a higher being, higher power is watching and that they they care about me enough to give me a second chance at life. Wonderful. Last question. You mentioned the cultural and the, the male aspect of coming to terms with any type of illness or anything that might uh, may, make you appear weak in the eyes of others. How can we overcome that other than standing against it? Do you think that there needs to be more education in minority communities, also among males, support groups, things that talk about how it's important to be in touch with your emotions? I know People that have PTSD in the military, they, it's a big struggle to come forth because they don't want to be seen as vulnerable. So um, what can be done to set an example for, for the younger generation of, of men to know that, that it's okay to be aware of, of those issues so they can be resolved in a, in a positive way? I think the biggest thing is uh, uh, growing up, it was also action speak loud and words. And I think the biggest thing is For us as, as males, as African-American, as athletes, as the military group, for those who, for, for us to stand up and, and to acknowledge, acknowledge what we go through, acknowledge what we grow through, but also having that support from those, from those of our peers in, 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 in showing that, that it's okay, it, it, you know, that, that there people that you don't think differently of, of the the person beside you that that you support them if anything you support them and you 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 respect them even more for them in, in stepping up and sharing their story and for us as males to to be to be more more vulnerable more transparent with with the with the with the, with the male youth that's that's coming up and not and not allowing social media um, identify what a mental illness is and what it means to have one But for us as an adult group or, you know, for us to stand up and to express to the youth what it means to have one and what, what should be done, um, you know, if faced, if faced in that situation. And, and, and then as, and, and as a supporter, to, what, what does it look like to, to be a friend to somebody that is, um, that is dealing with the mental illness? And what does that look like? I think we, we need, we, we have to start as we, as we start, continue to bring that awareness out because the education is there. You know, this is not, like I said, like this is one of the things that is once the education, once I start to learn with what I was dealing with and I start to have the help from people who have dealt with it in the past, like I could immediately start working on a plan and a process for me to start to uh, recover. And for me to start to get better and start, 
getting back on my feet. So the education is out there. The biggest thing with the awareness is I never saw it. I never saw it. So I never knew what it looked like. So I think for us in this generation, like we, we have to start showing and not, and not a lot of social media and everything else to show. Um, because like I told you, the first thing I thought about was the Joker in the Batman. I was like, man, he played a great, crazy person. And something's wrong with that guy. And that, that's, that was my image of mental health. And so I think as a, as a, as a culture, we, we have to start acting out and, and speaking up and sharing with what we deal with on day on a day-to-day basis because I, I truly believe once everybody starts to share, it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be like, wow, do you deal with this? Do you deal with that? Do you deal with that? You're going to see more people, more people dealing with it than you will have people that have never, never dealt with, dealt with it at, at, at some point in their life. If that makes sense. Can you repeat the part about? You said that it was the Joker. What was the thing that that reminded you of? No, like um, I said before that, you know, the image that I had of you know having some type of mental illness was like the role in the Batman in the Batman movie with the Joker, you know, I thought that a person with mental illness was crazy in a sense. That's what, that's what came into my mind. Just real quick. Um, can you share with the public, um, some of the other celebrities that have come forth with uh, struggles? We, we know we have had several celebrities, um, injure themselves, um, because of hopelessness. But, um, do you know other people that, um, I remember when I did a, um, a training at a, at a psych ward, the psychiatrist mentioned that um, Abraham Lincoln had a diagnosis, that um, uh, Britney Spears has one. Uh, other people that you've run into or that are successful like you, that people can can research and learn more about their struggles? Um, as for me, for me and where I'm at now, I, I don't know personally of any or hearing of, of many of them. Um, um, at the time, you know, Dave, like Dave Ball, like I recent, I, I just recently, probably within eight months, eight months, uh, of talking with Dave, you know, found out what he actually was dealing with. Um, and that right there goes, I mean, that right there just goes to show you even more in how, um, how there's not enough of us that are coming forth and, and talking and sharing our story that there can, there, there needs to continues to be more and more, um, every single day, um, for that main reason, because I, I personally don't know of anybody, um, on, on the professional level that, you know, has came forth and has really stated what they were dealing with or what they were struggling with, um, or found, or found someone who was open and open, open enough that we want that to be shared at this point in time. Thanks again for, for all the, the great things that you're doing out there in the in society. Oh, no problem.